podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boys. Come on, boys. Boom. The boys are back. I am here with someone named Grant, but not the usual co-host, Grant underscore KSU, because he just had a son. I'm giving him the week off. I'm not going to bother him for a while, but I am bringing in probably the most connected person in the world of K-State basketball maybe in the history of K-State basketball. He's dropping what I like to call flayed bombs on the reg over at K-State Online. You know him. You love him. Sometimes you call him Flando, but I know him by Grant Flanders. Grant, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Scotty. Just happy to be on the show again with you. It's been a little bit and uh, happy to be filling in for Grant. I know, you know, he's with his little Jack at home and his, his lady, and I'm sure they're doing great, uh, getting no sleep as they as they embark on a new adventure. But I saw the little he sent me some some pictures of the little guy and he looks like he's doing good. So I'm excited for them for sure. And you for your new house. Can't, gotta yes, say yeah, that you know, lots of life changes happening over at Bosco's Boys. Uh, we give our best out to Grant, his wife and now his uh, little child. I'm looking forward to when they do get home, seeing pictures of uh his son and then his dog interacting. I think that's <laughs> going to be a fun dynamic. Um, so we love Grant. We're we're very happy for him and his first son. And uh, if anyone wants to send well wishes in, you can send it to the Bosco's Boys Twitter account because Grant is not publicizing his current Twitter account. He's made it almost a month without getting kicked off Twitter again. So I think that's almost like a new record. For some reason, it's, it slipped me because I just we just started following each other yesterday. I would have followed him day one, but for some reason, I didn't even notice that. It, I, I don't know if I didn't notice he was back on there. I just thought he was never left. I mean, I knew he was off, but it was like he never left for me. Well, that, that's because <laughs> you, you get to text him and you get to hear his thoughts all the time. <laughs> exactly. That's true. Yeah. Uh, before we get going, um, we don't have to get into – a lot of detail, but for some of our listeners who are not members over at KC Online, which I can't imagine why you wouldn't, um, you had a fun little uh, vacation out in Mexico, didn't you? I can give you more details than I even put on KSO if you'd like. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if we need to go that far, but uh, you know, j- just to let all the boneheads know, you are safe. Yeah. You're back in the states. Uh, yeah. you, you had a little bit of a moped incident down in Mexico, which. Uh, you know, if you're filling out like a bingo card of things you don't want to happen, uh, moped <laughs> incident and in Mexico, probably, you know, they're, they're pretty, pretty good slots on the bingo card. Yeah, it was uh, not my finest moment. And I had, you know, my girlfriend on the back of it with me, which was even worse. And I'm just, yeah, I'm very stupid, very lucky. Both were very lucky we didn't, we didn't die, but, uh, and I ruined her trip. I will forever be in debt of my girlfriend. Um, but you know what? 
we we survived. We came back, but yeah, I'll take you through it real quick. We we were taking a turn way too fast, way too quick, basically almost into oncoming traffic. Hit this little bump. And I was probably going probably going twenty miles per hour. I don't know exactly, especially when the speedometer is in kilometers. You can't really tell, but <laughs> we hit this bump and we and 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 there goes the moped right out from under our feet, and I get scraped up all over my body. Luckily, my girlfriend, uh, I mean, it was a bad scrape for sure. She's, I mean, she's still sort of limping around, but just hit, just got the knee for her. And uh, luckily, she didn't get any infection or anything. She just had a, you know, a pretty nice limp for the next few days. And then uh, still throughout, you know, going through the, the, the airport and everything. But I, you know, scraped up my, my shoulder, my chest both of my knees and then the worst that got it was my foot as that thing I mean I didn't clean it good enough at all I got it you know into the shower afterwards the Mexican water shower afterwards and it just blew up two days later and it was obviously a bad infection along with just being beat up and you know I tried to I tried to be a good sport and I still went to like a club uh, one of the nights that it was really getting bad, you know, Lauren got us to go out to this, you know, awesome club in, in Mexico, like on the beach <laughs> and it would have been a great time, but I'm feeling in the taxi on the way there. I'm feeling woozy, man. Like, cause I can feel like, cause I looked it up. I was like, I'm pretty sure I have cellulitis at the very least. And, and with cellulitis, you get a fever and you get whatever. And so <laughs> I'm feeling woozy on the way to this club. We get into the club and I'm like, okay, I'm going to take one of these like ibuprofen things just to see if it, you know, helps the, helps the, uh, the, the nauseousness. Nope. Instantly, instantly throw up right into a plant right behind the bar. No one notices, not even, not even my girlfriend who's standing there with me. I run, I run to the bathroom, which is all the way across all these people with VIP sections and stuff and like all these tables and I'm running across and I get to the, you know, with my bum, bum foot too. So, I mean, <laughs> it's just not a good situation. And I get the, into, and it ends up being the employee bathroom. <laughs> I throw up more into the toilet, you know, get it all out of there. Um, you know, clean up myself. Some employees walk in and they and, the, and they kind of just stare at me. And I'm just like, yep, I'm in the wrong bathroom. And I, I walk <laughs> out. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I don't know. I might just need to go home. But I also don't want to ruin this time with my girlfriend. I know she'd be pissed. She, you know, she doesn't care about my feelings. So it's, <laughs> it doesn't matter at this point. All that matters is we have a good time in here. So I'm going to try to suck it up. I walk outside, get some air, you know, come back in, we get a table. Right when the food comes sitting down, oh, here comes another nauseous feeling. I run to the bathroom again, right before I get there, puke in another plant, get to the bathroom. Finally, this one's the regular bathroom. And I puke in there for a little bit. And that happened. Uh, let's see. And then on the taxi ride home, I puke one more time. And then that night, it was about five more pukes throughout the night just to get over this you know insane that was and that was the worst as far as a fever goes that was caused by the infection that was the worst of the fever I don't think I felt 
bad as far as sickness goes the rest of the time. And then since then, I've just been dealing with a bum leg and uh, it's been painful, but it's finally starting to get better now that we're back home. Um, got to got to do a, a wheelchair in, Can- in Cancun on the way home. And that was like zoom, zoom, zoom. You know, you get to jump in the front of the line everywhere when you're in the wheelchair. But then when we got back, you know, I was on the plane and I look across from me and, and there's this, and I mean, she, I saw her get on the plane before me and there's this lady with like a brace and she didn't use a, I didn't see her use a, a wheelchair. So I was like, you know, when we get to the States, I'm not using a wheelchair anymore. So I limped around in the States the rest of the time, got home that night was really painful. And that was like two nights ago. And since then, you know, it's been slowly getting better. So I think the moral of the story for all the boneheads is don't rent mopeds in Mexico. Oh my gosh. It was, yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. It was rickety. And, you know, especially if you're like me, which I mean, I'm going to try to change this. I can get reckless, especially with motored things. Like I just have fun with them. I like to go fast like Ricky Bobby. So it was just bad. It was just bad. Well, you know what? You, you, you survived. You probably learned some lessons and uh, you love to tell the story. Exactly. It'll be one to tell the grandkids one day for sure. Exactly. Well, we will move into some ads real quick before we talk about the reason for the season. That's some basketball. But it is that time again. All eyes are on pro basketball and the start of Major League Baseball. BetOnline.ag has all the betting action. And the NBA conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their final run for the playoffs. And if baseball is your first love, BetOnline has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, championship boxing, or anything else, BetOnline has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup. BetOnline has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates and is the place for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline has the fastest and easiest uh, payouts and it's the easiest place to place your bets head to the website on your mobile device or laptop or tablet i've used them all and bring home the game with bet online also here at best or at bosco's boys in the entire sports drink media empire we have enjoyed our new partnership over at locker room locker room the locker room app is free to download and use it is an amazing way to have real-time conversations with insiders, journalists, and shows like ours, and even players themselves. We are going live every Thursday at 7 p.m. We have had so much fun chatting with the Boneheads, and we are looking forward to continuing this as we grow. Uh, we have a link in the description of this episode, or you can just go to the iOS store and download it. Uh, they will be coming to Android soon. Uh, we're, I'm recording this before this week's, but we were talking about conference realignment, past, present, and future this week, uh, or this past week, and then I think this upcoming Thursday, we're going to just have a lot of chats about our all-time favorite Wildcats, all sports, uh, football, basketball, women's basketball, volleyball, baseball, all of it. Come ready to talk about your favorite cats of all time. Download the Locker Room app, and we will chat with you on Thursday. Okay, Grant. First off, are you Android or Apple? Apple. Okay, you should download the Locker Room app and have fun with us on uh, Thursdays at 7 p.m. We usually have yes. Drew, Drew, the intern, got in there before you did. Oh, wow. That's embarrassing. That is what embarrassing. What about D.Y.? Has he been in there? Isn't he an Android guy or is he Apple? Uh, he's Apple. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, Apple well, all the way. I don't think Derek is actually my friend. He's just like friends. <laughs> 
so <laughs> I don't know if he'll ever join. But we'll, we'll have we'll, I'll get K Dog on there, John Kurtz. Well, at some point we'll have like a media roundtable and just have yes. fun with all the big J journos. So, but but let's dive into things because ever since K State's basketball season ended on the floor, they have been super busy. Um, and I, I would think even some of the detractors from Bruce would say that the basketball program has had a very good spring so far. Are you surprised about what they have been able to do basically since, you know, a month ago, middle of March on, are you surprised how well they've fared in the transfer market? Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to be, obviously. I mean, it's only a month in, like you said, I mean, basically off seasons just started. There's still several months of the off season left and they just did all the heavy lifting and possibly, you know, as long as no more attrition happens, they did everything that they needed to do on that end. And I mean, I know your next question gets into it more, but they've never been better uh, in the transfer portal. And it speaks volumes that they were able to do it in a year that they had to do it if they wanted to make sure that they could turn the, thing, turn the ship around when it was two really, really rough seasons in a row. And it was super necessary that they went to the transfer portal and got instant impact dudes. And that's what it seems like they did. So what changed for Bruce to lead him to, at least on paper, having more success in the transfer portal uh, than years past? Is it as simple as like what Bruce told John Kurtz on his radio show that Chris Kleiman said, no, we got to embrace this? Is it that simple or do you think there's something more to it? Um, I think there's more to it. I think there's definitely more variables. One of the variables is an ob another obvious one. I mean, part of it is embracing it. Another one is the new COVID rules makes transfers that, mu that much easier to leave. I mean, because you can talk about, you know, with COVID and everything else, allowing people to transfer and play right away and not lose a year of eligibility still. Um, I mean, that's, that's made it major in this, in, this, in this NCAA world. And that's why Dejuan Gordon was able to, you know, to exit. You know, you look at that kind of thing, you know, in a regular year, he probably doesn't exit. Um, because, you know, he knows that he, he would ha probably have to sit out a year. Um, but the fact is, K-State saw one of their better players leave, and they, they doubled down in that transfer portal. And they did it by, you know, first of all, shouts to Shane Southwell, who, who got two of these big-time transfers. And then, of course, Coach Lowry as well, getting Mark Smith. Uh, all three instant impact dudes, all three upgrades, like we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, I'm very surprised, never saw it coming. And I think there's multiple variables that they got it done. Um, I expected maybe one instant impact dude. And we, you know, we'd, we'd be hoping and praying that they could really, really make a splash next year. But with what they did uh, this in this off season already just a month in, now they can even start focusing on what they want to do next year because, you know, pretty much the book's written for this off season. Definitely. So Maybe, maybe I'm wrong in thinking this, and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more in depth, but is it crazy for me to say that they made an upgrade at each spot that they saw an exit? I, I think uh, Noel's better than Rudy. I think Mark Smith is better than Gordon, and I think Musad is better than Tony. Am I wrong? Am I just drinking the Kool-Aid, or did they upgrade all three of those spots? No, I don't think you're drinking the Kool-Aid. I mean, people will probably think I am too. I mean, I'm sometimes can be more optimistic than I feel like even you, Scotty. But the fact is that they.
Uh-oh, lost Grant there for a second. One is the more question mark because Noel is still, uh, you know, with his size and everything else. Uh, but that upgrade is, to me, you know, a guy that can play the point guard, can handle the ball. Rudy Williams didn't bring that to the table. He just wasn't – he wasn't a playmaker. Uh, he did – you know, he was a solid – two guard but even then I don't know if he was solid enough for a power five program and then you talk about uh Dejuan Gordon leaving you know he left with he left with great energy great rebounding ability and you know solid defense but he he also left with awful three-point shooting you know 20 sub 20s or I mean mid mid 20s mid to low 20 percent shooting from three-point range is just unacceptable when he was left wide open as much as he was too um mark smith he's an upgrade over that he knows how to knock down threes i mean he's not a perfect three-point shooter but he's way better of a three-point shooter 10 percent better of a three-point shooter than what dejuan gordon was so that's an upgrade to me I mean, and then defensively i think he can be an upgrade as well he's a bigger body guy um and i just think he can he can play that position well and the rebounding thing is interesting. I mean, like I said, he's bigger bodied than Dejuan, so it'll be interesting to see if he can use that to his advantage on the boards. I think he might be able to. Still probably not going to be nearly, you know, quite as good as what Dejuan was able to do uh, with what he was able to do at his slight stature uh, on the glass. But I think Mark Smith is no doubt an upgrade overall when it comes to Dejuan Gordon. Then you look at Massad, the one that just happened, um, that one is probably the largest margin of upgrade, honestly, maybe, I mean, that's the thing, Antonio, again, he brought great energy and rebounding, but Masoud is a guy that is, he's only played two years. And so you're getting a guy that still has three years left, six, eight can shoot the rock from deep. I mean, if you watch his tape, you can really shoot the rock from deep. He's played out of position, you know, all both years that he played at Wake Forest, he, but he was successful in the ACC. You know, his shooting percentage from twos is, is it, it's not great to look at, but you know, it wasn't great to look at either was Tony shooting percentages really anywhere. So it, to me, it, it's upgrades all around. And I think all three have the possibility of having, you know, their best years of basketball in college still at Kansas State. Definitely. So let's dive into these guys just a little bit uh, deeper. Um, the first one, Marquise Noel. First off, I got to my own horn. I was sliding your DM saying, hey, this is a done deal. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm out of the news-breaking game. I tried to get back into it when it was the strength and conditioning coach, and I fired back into my face. That was not good. So I, I, I'm back retired. But uh, I, I, it took me a while to come around on him. Uh, you know, you see the 5'7", you get a little worried. But if you go and find his highlights on YouTube, I mean, you know, if you want to have a fun dude on your squad, he is the guy. So what did you like about the Noel pickup? I mean, just what you said, his tape. I mean, watching his tape is so much fun. Um, yes, it's against lesser competition and what he's about to see. And his sophomore year was really, really incredible. But the speed and the ability to handle the ball at this at full speed that he was able to do, you know, he had a really tight handle, probably going to easily come in and be the fastest player um, on the team, if not in the league. I mean, I'd, I'd have to go around and look at everyone to really make that, that choice. But 
he'd have to be top five fastest dude in the Big 12 right away based on just how quick he looks in tape and stuff. And then, you know, shooting ability. He's not afraid to shoot it from outside, from really anywhere. Uh, has limitless range. Um, and he, he can play make as well. I think he has good vision. And one of the most interesting things, I mean, it goes beyond the tape because you really got to look into the numbers and stuff, but advanced stats and, I mean, just regular stats of looking at steals and stuff show that he can, he can play defense. Um, he's going to struggle at times because of his size. And um, I'll answer your next question right away right now because it's the obvious one. What gives me pause for him is his size, and that's, that's the one thing that will – give me pause with Marquise Noel. It should have with anyone. He's 5'7". But you know what? I mean, that shouldn't always matter in basketball. If you can play, you can play. I mean, I know it doesn't get talked about a bunch, or maybe it does, and maybe it's really honestly cliche when a small basketball player is, you know, playing. And this was a long time ago, but Muggsy Bogues made a living playing really good basketball at, what, 5'3 in the NBA? I mean, I don't know if he was that short, but it was something like, that kind of height and he was incredible Marquise Noel 5'7 he can really play the game of basketball um, I think he could you know be an overseas professional player later on in his career too but in college I think he's a really really solid I mean short guard that the only pause I have for him if he was 5'10 K-State probably wouldn't have a chance for him he's just too skilled he has really good handles a really nice stroke uh, good vision and underrated on the defensive end because you're instantly going to say, man, you could probably put anyone, uh, match him up with anyone on offense and he'll get burned, just back him down. But no, he's got quick hands. He's feisty. He's a pest. He's not going to hold back on that end. And I think that is what excites me about Marquise Noel. All right, so what role is he going to fill on this team? Is it as simple as saying, hey, he's going to – get the minutes when pack isn't out there. Is it going to be, is it going to be a slightly bigger role than just that? Um, I think it's going to be a slightly bigger role than that. They're definitely going to have to be out there together at times. I think he's going to get around 20 minutes. I think you even talked about that as well on the board. You've been on KS, you've been all over the Marquis Noel stuff. You know, like you said, from the beginning, got to give credit to Scotty. Yep. So he better, he better come show up for, for you. If anything, uh, just to just to make sure that, you know, that we can get get our credits there. But the fact is, uh, I think he's going to be a big, big key. I mean, Rudy Williams didn't get a giant role, and it's just because he didn't have the skill set they needed from him. They needed him to be the guy they could put out there with Nigel Pack and allow guys like Mike McGurl and Nigel Pack to run off the ball and uh, get open and find open shots from deep and figure other things out and still be capable ball handlers in other cases. But Nigel Pack, he's going to be, be the main guy, you know, number one option all the time. But you can bring in Marquise Noel with Pack and still, you know, try to have a bigger lineup, especially when you bring in Masoud, um, Masoud. Um, when you bring in a guy like that, it allows you to be able to play those two and still have, you know, two bigger guys out on the floor with a guy like Bradford, easy, um, along with Masood. But the fact is, I think that he's going to have a big, a big role, a 20 minute role, you know, is a big time role in the big 12 and for a five, seven guy that might seem daunting, but I think he can make the most of it, especially with uh, a guy like Nigel Pack um, playing, playing 
you know, five to, you know, 12 minutes a game next to Nigel Pack. Both can b- handle the ball. Both can shoot. Both can play make. Could be dangerous. And uh, on the offensive end, the defensive end is where it would get tricky. But if Noel is the pest that he is, he could uh, mitigate some of that. Definitely. The second guy they got, and it was the third time is the charm in landing Mark Smith from Missouri. This is going to be his super senior season. I think you touched on it up front, uh, what you like about him. But but again, mm-hmm. what's the best part about this pickup? Outside of outside of Lowry finally getting Mark Smith to come play. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, they say the third time is the charm, which even Bruce said. But yeah, the fact is they, they could have it kind of does sting because they could have had him the second time. Like uh, I think Mark Smith has high respect for coach Lowry and is the reason why he still gave Lowry a chance for this third time and said, yep, sign me up coach. And I want to do my last year in Manhattan. I mean, that speaks volumes to that. I think Mark Smith could have gone to a lot of places. Um, (laughs) No doubt about it. Even in the big 12, a lot of places Mark Smith could have landed. He's a guy that, you know, he can do a lot of things. I wouldn't say he's elite at any one thing, but he can do a lot of things. He can get to the rim a little bit, not as good as what Dejuan Gordon was at, but he can get to the rim a little bit. He can shoot better than what Dejuan can. He's a little bigger bodied. So I, I like him on the defensive end more as long as he can keep his foot speed up, which I think, you know, he proved he can play uh, at the sec level for three years. And especially this last year, I mean, he wasn't amazing, but he, it was a really, you know, key rotational piece for that team and uh, a really good Missouri team, I would say, too. And I, I think that it's a guy that could either be, you know, I think Nigel Pack is without a doubt going to be K-State's best player for years to come. But Mark Smith has a chance to come in and be that second best player for this team. I don't think there's any question about that, especially offensively, especially bringing in the experience he has. Um It'll be fun to see him, him and Mike. I think Mike will, will welcome in, you know, another really experienced guy uh, to play next to him, someone that can shoot, handle the ball a little bit. Because um, I, I do think Mark Smith, uh, he's, yeah, he's not a perfect ball handler either, but he can handle the ball even maybe a little bit better than what McGurl can. And so it just gives another option, you know, to keep McGurl off the ball and allow him to do what he does best. And uh, – I think Mark Smith is, uh, to me, it's really tough. It's really between either him and Rosaud as the best, uh, as the best um, transfer pickup. And I lean towards Masoud because you have plenty more years to play him. But the fact is, for, for next year, Mark Smith is probably the most important because he brings in experience. He brings in big-time, uh, big-level you know, SEC basketball experience. And he's also a pretty good basketball player. Definitely. Is there anything that gives you pause about the Mark Smith pickup outside of, hey, it's only it's one and done for him. It's a super senior season. Is there anything else that gives you pause? Not really. I mean, you're getting a six five, uh, you know, like I keep saying, experienced, really good guy. I mean, yeah, you'd like to keep him for more years. Um, but it's really hard to, to think about it. I think the only pause that I can grasp at is if he has a really shaky or shooting the ball I mean because that's that's where it could really hurt K-State he needs to be a consistent shooter at least at least 30 percent um, because you can't be Dejuan Gordon 22 or 25 percent or under 30 
anything 30 or above percent shooting I would take and I think would allow K-State to, you know, get to the achievements that they're trying to get to. Definitely. And then his role, it's, it's I, I think at least you, you have a better insight. I think he's plug and place on the wing uh, starter from day one. Is that correct? I think so too. Yeah. I think you have to start him right away. Um, there's no, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that he starts. I mean, I, that's not inside info for me, but because I haven't been told either as far as that goes, but you kind of do have to assume it. I, like we've said, really experienced guy. Like I think he would even start over Mike while I do assume both of them start. I just think Mark Smith, you know, like I keep saying, has the chance to be the second best player on this team. Definitely. Final transfer was just landed today. Uh, we're recording this on April 14th. Of course, it's dropping on Monday, but just landed him today from Wake Forest. Ismail Masoud is, I think, how you pronounce it. Ismail Masoud. I don't know. That's what we're going to go with. I understand. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what do you like about this pickup? I, 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 you touched on it. Dude can stroke it from three, ignore his two point uh, percentage, but, you know, uh, it's an exciting prospect, something that I don't think we've had at the four spot since Dean, but I, I'm not comparing him to Dean Wade, but like, it, it's exciting because the last two years, that's kind of been a barren wasteland on offense for our team. Yeah, he's not, a, I'm not going to sit here and say he's as good as Dean Wade. Uh, it's going to be really hard to ever get a guy that was as skilled and good as Dean Wade, but this guy is skilled and he's confident. He's smart. Uh, like Dean was, but probably a little more confidence too, as uh, you know, he's coming in as another, he's technically going to be a second year player still because, you know, of the COVID rules and stuff. So he still has three years of eligibility. He's not afraid to fire the ball. He has a really nice, you know, quick release for a six, eight guy, high elevation and the, the release is really high up too. So it'd be, it's hard to, you know, get a hand on him. But the fact is, um, there's a lot of things I can, I can make excuses for him too at Wake Forest. As far as that two point percentage goes, I mean, we have to take his word for it. Also, you know, watch Wake Forest games. He was played out of position. He, he was asked to play the five when he's not a five at all. I mean, they obviously lack size and maybe uh, skill at that, you know, position. So they said, plug him in there. And, you know, that's going to struggle when you're going against bigger guys every single night down low. And of course, you're going to get your, you know, the mo majority of your good looks from outside in that role. So, you know, he did do that. He, he always shot from a good percentage in 12 minutes per game. And as a freshman, he almost shot 40 percent from the three, which is, you know, really promising to see. And then and then as a sophomore, you know, that's when his role really kind of they try to really force him into trying to be a center more than anything else. And that made things really hard for him but you know he made the best of it he still scored eight points per game um I I just really like everything about his offensive game as far as it goes I mean you talk about Dean Wade he, he does have a have, have some glimpses of what Dean Wade can do um I think Ja on the board has talked about how he's not going to be able to run you know all the stats Dean Wade could but uh, I think a good portion of them he could because he has the ability to put the ball on the floor a little bit. He can get to the, the hoop a little bit. He can run off screens. He can set screens. He can do a lot of stuff. He's quick for his size. Um, and I, I don't really see many weaknesses on his offensive game 
Uh, besides just the fact when he's going up against bigger guys, he's just going to struggle down low. Um, but he has a turnaround game in the mid range. He has, you know, a really good catch and shoot game from outside, uh, several feet from behind the three point line as well. Um, he does a lot of things right on offense that you want to see from, you know, your power forward and your stretch for somewhat something that, like you said, K-State hasn't had. They hope they could get it from Antonio Gordon. He just couldn't shoot the ball like he did in high school. Masoud has proven he can shoot the ball uh, at the next level. Two years at Wake Forest. That's the ACC. That's one of the best basketball leagues in the country. And um, not much pause, <laughs> I can say, from Masoud, except for the fact that um, defensively, it's a question mark for him. But, I, you know, I wrote it in my what it means as well if, is – he should have an easier time defensively now, now that he's not getting matched up with bigger guys every single night on that end as well. Because I do think if he was put in the five position, which at K-State, he should never have to touch the center position because you got Bradford and Easy Egu. And then on top of that, you have guys like Lingard and Lewis that you could put in at the five before you really want to put in the lanky, uh, you know, slight built Masoud, who, I mean, Masoud, you'd almost want to play at the three before you play him at the five, which K-State might play around with that a little bit. It'll be interesting to see, but he does have the skill. He does have what it takes. Defensively, he's just going to have to have quick feet because he's going to be going to, going against quicker people now and uh, just make sure he gets bigger and stronger in the weight room, and I think he should be good on that end. Um and yeah, I think he's he's an exciting prospect. And all of a sudden, it's it is crazy to see because that's one where it really shoots Shane Southwell up, you know, instantly into you know, wow, this guy has a lot of potential. Because Marquise Noel, you know, that's like okay, nice five seven, really nice, you know, mid major transfer. Mark uh, Masahod is a four star out of high school went to Wake Forest, power five transfer, high major transfer who who played minutes and knows how to shoot the basketball at 6'8". And I think uh, he could do a lot of things for K-State. So what's his role going to be on the team? Do you think he comes in and starts? Um, or do you think he's going to be someone who comes off the bench so they can continue to start Salton Miguel? How do you see that playing out? You know, the way I talk about him makes you think he's, he might start because – he will, I, he will start. If he's a good enough player, he will start. If he's, if he's just too good on offense to keep off the floor and Selt Miguel still has his struggles shooting the ball, you know, um, then I don't see how you can't start Masada. Even if that is going to upset um, Selton or if they can figure out a way to keep Selton out there and Mike comes off the bench, I don't know what they have to do, but the fact is, is if Masoud's good enough, you have to put him in there. My guess, though, is he's going to be slightly not good enough for what they want. I mean, yeah, we know that Bruce likes to play, you know, two bigs in his, in his lifetime. But when I actually think about that more, I'm not so sure that's absolutely true. Because talk about a few years ago, Xavier Sneed would have started the four if they, if they were allowed to do it. They are good people. They're nice people. X said, I don't want to start at the four. I don't want to play the four. I'm a three. I'm not doing that. Selton, on the other hand, would love to be out on the floor starting, whether it's the two, three, or four. 
or the one. It doesn't matter to him as far as I'm concerned. So I'm thinking, I mean, they love defense too. This team loves defense. Celta Miguel is still, without a doubt in my mind, going into his sophomore season, the best defender, especially perimeter defender on this team. They're going to want to start that as well. Um, So it's going to be really interesting. Best case scenario I see is you have Mike come off the bench as like a six man with Noel, you know, um, and then you can have, uh, you know, Selton still out there at the two and three and then Masood at the four. That's if Masood's good enough, though. But that's really what it comes down to. If if Masood is a bench piece, though, that's deadly. That's really exciting to see on offense and also really, really intriguing. But I do think starting small ball in the Big 12 is the smarter way to go. And I think the staff knows it as well. Definitely. So they also signed today hyper-athletic wing Maximus Edwards. Uh, Logan Landers was already in the fold. So with these five newcomers, and and they're returning 70 minutes from last year's team, which really came on towards the end of the year. Where are your expectations as we sit here in the middle of April for next year's team? You know, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw out any any records yet, just because I don't want anyone to gang up on me on anywhere. <laughs> it's still <laughs> gang up on it's me. fine, but just just kind of like all right, we're we're sitting here middle of April. Yeah, what do you think we could see? I think we could see middle of the pack Big Twelve. I, I mean, and that's still something people can you know come at me with because it is great discussion. I can totally buy people saying man, that'd be a giant, giant turnaround from last two seasons going, you know, two awful seasons to getting to a tournament. But I don't think it's crazy unfair to expect this team either to, to sneak into a tournament, to be a middle-of-the-pack Big 12 team, <clears throat> which we've seen be enough in the Big 12 time and time again to get into the tournament. You can be even, even this year, as an example. Oklahoma won what? Was it 17 games overall? I don't even remember how much in the in the Big 12. But 19 wins in the Big 12, including non-con. If you can get to 19, I think you're in. I, I agree. I, I 18 think, probably outside looking in, 17 and I Exactly. I because I do think the Big 12 is going to be slightly down next year compared to this past season. It was really really good. Um, and Oklahoma snuck in as a seven you know, a seven seed in the big 12. Um, but I think they could get six teams in and I think K-State could be sixth or fifth. And I don't think that's crazy to think um, you have a full off season. Um, whereas last year they didn't have any off season with eight newcomers and it wasn't nearly as good of a team on paper as what this team is right now on paper. And yeah, all this experience and instant impact transfers coming in, they're going to have an easier time acclimating than what Nigel Pack, Davion Bradford, Celta Miguel were able to do as freshmen with no offseason uh, virtually, you know, very little offseason. Um, so I think that's because that's another thing is maybe Rudy Williams could have been a way better player had they had a more of an offseason. You you really never know. And uh, it, it is all what ifs, but. I do like to think that this year with now too, they have already wrapped up who they want. They got their instant impact dudes. They have several months to really plan and put in a really good plan of attack of what they want to do. Uh, You know, get their guys, 
you know, in the gym right now and telling them to do this, do that. And, you know, even if they can't be with them yet or whatever, um, which uh, because the instant impact dudes are obviously going to have to, I don't even know when they get on campus. That's something I need to figure out next, but whenever they get on campus too, that's when things can really come into play. And it's just going to be, I think, a way different story than what last year was. Whether that means they narrowly miss uh, the tournament again, um, it's it's tough. Before they got the instant impact transfer, as I said, tournament or bust. Now I'm thinking if you can at least make it a fun basketball season to watch, narrowly miss the tournament, at least you have enough. Uh, uh, I mean, you got to still work really hard in, in the uh, recruiting game to, you know, backfill Mark Smith and Mike McGurl who would be on their way out the next season. So it makes it tough. But the fact is they do have pieces in place right now to make it seem like they can be really successful two to three years down the line, really competing for big 12 championships again. Definitely. Remember, as always, we were sponsored by bet online. We gave some other sports, some love at the top. But here at Bosco's Boys, we also love soccer. If you've never given soccer a chance, head over to Bet Online, find a game, and bet it. Uh, bet one that's going to be on TV, and I promise you're going to be on the edge of the, your seat, along with having any game imaginable to wager on over at Bet Online. They also have all the latest news, odds, props, all across the sports world. Head over to Bet Online today. Also, your outdoor experience could be better. I promise you. Clearly better. And if you want that, get over to Canaan.com. Canaan sunglasses made exclusively with polarized lens for optimal clarity. Using Japanese optics, Canaan's lenses are clearer, lighter, and stronger than other lenses, and they're nearly impossible to scratch. With frames handcrafted in Italy, Canaan sunglasses elevate your experience outside with a degree of clarity beyond your wildest imagination. Use the exclusive code CANANCAST15 at canaan.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That is K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-15. Canaan, clearly better. Okay. One reason why K-State landed Maximus Edwards, Marquise Newell, and Ismail Musad or Masood. I need to figure that one out. Uh, but it's Shane Southwell's <laughs> connection to New York City. How massive is Shane's connection to the Big Apple and to other recruits, especially down in Texas, Gip's cousin uh, being one of them? How big is that going to be for K-State over the next couple of years? You know, and that's just one variable I think Shane brings to the table is, yeah, he has awesome connections already in the East Coast. Um, you brought up a Texas connection with Gip. And the fact is, that's just it. That's just, that's just, you know, scratching the surface with what Shane is. Cause then you dive deeper into the person he is. I mean, charismatic, super kind. You've talked to him, you know, I mean, he's just an awesome guy. I mean, I don't know anyone that couldn't not like Shane Southwell. He's amazing, amazing person um, just to talk to. So, and younger, not even 30 years old can really, relate to you know any recruit that he talks to across the country doesn't matter who it is can really relate to them just because he it wasn't long ago he was playing college basketball at k-state which is another nice thing to be able to say hey i played here um 
I know Coach Weber, you know, this is my guy too, and I want you to come play for him. By the way, like, I'll always be here every step of the way. You know, we're in this together. I think that's every the, the only worry about Shane Southwell is he blows up big enough, and all of a sudden, you know, a bunch of other schools come knocking with more money to pay him, especially maybe an East Coast school, and all of a sudden he's out the door at K-State. That's the biggest worry because – the fact is, K-State would love for him to, to complete his whole career at Kansas State, his coaching career at Kansas State. I think he's already showing, you know, before, he got the job in March of 2020. You know, this is his first offseason, you know, first full offseason where he can really, you know, without COVID too, you know, because I was in the midst of COVID as well. Really hard to do things, but he still landed a guy like Maximus Edwards, you know, late in the year. And then, you know, followed that up with a Marquise Noel and then Masoud. That's just proof in the pudding right there that things that he's doing are already working. And that's just the start of things. I mean, you talked about Gibbs' cousin, uh, Rylan Griffin. I mean, uh, a 2022 kid that if they got him a four star, it would just it would just be insane. I mean, no guarantees there. And then another kid that really has the pick of the litter around the country, but you're talking about a, a recruiter that is at least, at least probably going to be uh, in the final five for a guy that, you know, K-State would have had no chance at if it wasn't for a guy like Shane, because even Gip, I mean, Gip could have told his cousin all he wants, but without Shane, there's not that guy that could connect with, with, with a guy like Brian Griffin um, and just being great friends with Thomas Gibson, you know, they're still like best friends to this day. So that's a huge, huge boost. And then, I mean, and then talk about the East coast because that's really where his bread will be buttered. Guys know how to play out there too. And that's where I know he's going to continue to, to make his living. Um, and hopefully he can keep bringing them to K state and, Someone else doesn't, you know, snatch him up, but he's just got a lot of connections out there. I mean, even talk about a dude, he another East Coast dude he played with, you know, just finished GA for K-State and Jordan Enriquez Roberts. Another, you know, East Coast guy with a lot of connections that, you know, Shane can use and value as, a, as another friend and, and connection. It's just, you know, the sky's the limit for what Shane's going to do because he's just started and he's already seen this success. And I do think he's, uh, he's a very self-aware guy. He's a humble guy, you know, to an extent, still has a lot of confidence, but he's not cocky. And I think it's always going to benefit him in this game and allow him to succeed further than what, you know, some people that reach this much success early in their career do. So I'm excited for Shane. And I think, uh, I think it, finally I can gush about him because before when I tried to gush about him, I would get torched and say, what? He hasn't proven anything. Well, now he has. So middle finger to those people, right? I don't know. Yeah, No, I love it. His star is taking off. And I think he, he, he said it all. We love Shane on this show. We had him on. We're hoping to get him on again this summer. Um, but his star is rising. Like you said, I think it all comes down to, uh, trying to keep him at K-State as long as possible. But I'll say this, I, I think he's going to have like almost a Kim English type ascension. I think I think he will be a head coach before he's 36. I think mm. that I think that is in the cards for him. And 
you know what? I, I, I want the best for Shane. I, I love Shane Southwell. Uh, I, it's just fun to see one of your own just take off at K-State. And again, he's a dude who was, you know, at K-State at the same time as me. You know, I, I, I yeah. had some interactions with Shane on campus. Um, I, I, I'm just a massive fan, so I, I can't wait to see what he does in his coaching career. Me neither. I, I think he's, yeah, I mean, we, we can keep gushing about him all day long, and I think it's fun, too, because now that we can finally can, I mean, uh, it's something we can publicly do, and I don't think, uh, I don't think he's going to let us down either. Um, that's the thing is I, I only see him continuing to rise. Humble guy, like I said the scare is he's going to get snatched up real quick. And I agree. 36 is probably, you know, a good, a good guest for when around he could become a head coach. And I wouldn't be surprised sooner either. So I think, uh, I think he's a great in a great spot at K-State, but also, you know, couldn't be mad. Couldn't be more happy for him if he gets snatched up sooner than later. And he's a head coach of really anywhere in the country. Definitely. All right. Final thing we'll ask. And uh, we always try to give you and Derek this platform when you come on. Um, it's been a busy spring already. We're only halfway through April over at KSA Online. You guys are always pumping out content. What should uh, subscribers over at KSA Online be looking for rest of the spring and into the summer? Well, um, once the foot's better for me, I mean, DY can do stuff the next few weeks without me if, if there's any camps that he can go to. I feel like there's a sharp camp this weekend that I don't know if DY is planning on going to, but I, I definitely would have been down to go with him if it wasn't for this injury. But once this injury wraps up, me and DY will be, you know, going to anywhere in the country. I mean, you know, driving distance, able, um, possibly Colorado at the end of the, the month to see some recruits so that if, if, if we're allowed to do it, you know, with COVID and everything else, it's still kind of up in the air, but I think, Camp should be in full swing this year. Um, last year, there were still some camps, even in, the, in the, the heat of COVID activity. And, you know, now that vaccines and everything else are coming out, I think camps should be in full swing. So keep an eye on that stuff. Recruiting is going to be, you know, what it's all about. Um, you know, since basketball is pretty much wrapped up for the 2021 cycle, until, you know, unless any more attrition happens, which I don't think there will be, but uh, if there if there isn't and we just move on to 2022, I'll keep us updated as much as possible on 2022 recruiting in basketball and 2023 when, you know, offers are going to start coming in more and more offers in both classes for that. So that's going to be exciting to follow. Well, you know, keep talking to as many recruits as possible. Uh, keep bringing updates as much as possible. Uh, me and D-Wire and, and Drew, the intern, you know, we try to make the board a fun place and, you know, uh, try to stay active on that. So I mean, if you want to, you know, BS with me on the board, I, I, I forget I can swear on here, but I have it. Um, if you want to BS with me on the board, you can um, just take it easy on me. No, I'm kidding. Don't take it easy on me. Go full force. It's a lot of fun. You know, I love getting on there and just having fun, you know, gifts, whatever else. And then also sprinkling in some, you know, inside info here and there which is always fun to do as well um i'm sure derek will be able to keep you all up to date on happenings of what's going on with what to expect for football you know coming up this fall and what the team's looking like obviously we had a nice spring 
Uh, Derek has a lot of content out there about what he saw and what he thinks from the spring, what it means for, you know, the fall and what guys are looking like. You know, there's some concerns in some areas, other areas that are, you know, really you can get excited about for this K-State football team. But I think that's the thing to get excited about the most for this summer is get geared up for football. And then, you know, basketball's starting soon after that. And it's finally, I think, a, a season we can really get excited about for basketball. So sign up for KSO. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun out here. So uh, hopefully, hopefully the teams deliver in the fall. And uh, maybe we can all, if, you know, everyone's vaccinated, uh, have another tailgate or something, something fun like that. Uh, you're yeah. going to be in down in Dallas, aren't you? Oh, yeah. I'll, the, be, I'll be in Arlington. I'll be in Arlington. That's going to be a fun time that. because there's going to be so many people. My dad's going to be down there. It's, that's going to be a party. DY and I are always down for a party. So I think, uh, I think we, we ought to make that a giant, you know, family kso fun party honest so i i think that that'll be fun i'm looking forward to it i'm i'm always over on the boards always having fun with you guys over at k-state online but i think that wraps us up uh you know like i said go over to k-state online it, it, it's literally where all the news drops you know at least at a on the low end like 12 hours before it becomes official usually a couple of days before it becomes official. I, I can't say enough good things about you and DY. Um, but yeah, that's all we got. Uh, remember, we're going live on the Locker Room app on Thursday to talk. I'm there. I hope you are. I hope you are there because I think it'd be fun to get your perspectives on some of these questions about some of our favorite Wildcats throughout the year. So we love you guys. If Grant Copeland was here, he would say, meet me at the Cathead. Grant, you say, tell your friends. I'm just going to say we love you guys. Get vaccinated and uh, just stay safe out there. Yeah. Go Cats. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.